Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free Monday edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And we're not just here on Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to another thrilling adventure with The Ralph Report. It's a Monday. Can you tell I'm putting on a brave face trying to try it? Face a Monday with a better, more positive attitude. You're pushing through it. Fun days are awesome. <laughs> it is your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, here sitting across the floor from me. Here in the Batcave is your vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. How was your weekend, Eddie? It was, uh, it was kind of eventful. Kind yeah? of eventful, yeah, yeah. Just chilling with the family? Yeah, I almost uh, got in a car crash. Oh, it was a minor thing. That's minor not thing. Well, uneventful. It's the, it drives me nuts. People park on the side of the street, right? Because I, I live near Runyon Canyon. Uh, so people are going to hike, you. and they park, and they just sit in their car, and they leave the door wide open. Uh, and so you're driving down, and you're like trying to weave away. Trying to, it should be illegal to leave your car door wide open. It is. You, the oh, driver, the driver's side. If your door opens yeah. into traffic, yeah, it's uh, it's sh- illegal. And it's actually, if insane. someone clips that door and takes it off, it's considered your fault oh, for opening your door into traffic. I'm going to start doing that. So feel free to take I'm their door start right taking off. Doors off because man, that almost happened to me twice. I only weekend. know that because it happened to me. I was living uh, in Hollywood at the time, and I was getting out of my car, and an old couple came around. A co- I was parked on a corner. Yeah. They came around the corner, made a right-hand turn onto the street where I was. So when I looked in my rearview mirror to see if there was anyone coming down the street, nobody was there. Nobody was there. So as I opened my door, they whipped around the corner, and this old guy was doing a pretty good clip <laughs> and was not paying much attention and just bent my door all the way up oh. to the front quarter panel. And I'm, if I had gotten out of the car, it would have been me. But luckily, it was just my door. And I was furious at this old dude. I could tell he just was not paying attention. And when I went to uh, my insurance company, it said, yeah, it's, uh, it's your fault. You, anytime you open your door into traffic, you are responsible. Okay, good to know. So there you go. Start, it, start people, taking people out, Eddie. People just sit there and open the door up, and they check, they're on their phone, just checking their phone while the door's <laughs> open. I'm like, get out. If you're getting out of the car, it's one thing, but just to sit there. Yeah. For those who aren't familiar with uh, the Southern California area, Runyon Canyon is a popular uh, hiking place joint yeah like, like celebrities go up there and stuff and everything and they take their dogs and it's very cool and hip to go hiking down there in Runyon canyon and i unfortunately live a block away from and if it. you live near there you got to deal with all the traffic Ugh, and night brutal so sorry to hear that. so that was but my, i'm glad you're yeah. okay That's, thanks yeah uh any uh any football or anything the kid this uh, weekend son, Did he have a... son won he had a catch look at him look at that he's getting better he should play Slowly. for the eagles only cost me 10 bucks we need some wide receivers you guys do need some wide receivers yesterday was uh, was <laughs> grim at least you're not a giants fan that's true. Sixty-three that's a, yard field that's goal. That's a bad beat right there. That's gotta hurt. Man. We got the Giants on Thursday night. We gotta turn right around you and get back on the horse one. again. I don't know. They're we'll a bad see. team. It's Giants in New bad. York though, and then they gotta be stinging after that loss. Giants and are bad. Our team is not looking uh, like they're firing on all cylinders. So well, NFC East is poop. It was uh, it was the depressing uh weekend for me. But you got the big game tonight, right? Big, big game. Saints yeah. tonight. All right. Well, best of luck. I said half heartedly. <laughs> yeah, Drew Brees is gonna break the record by the first quarter. Uh, thanks so much to everybody in the Garmy who reached out over the weekend to vote for our Merch Madness campaign. The first week 
was in the record books, and uh, so you officially merch madness. It, it, it's I'm official? calling it okay. merch madness. You can call it whatever you like right, because Merchtober makes no goddamn sense to anybody. <laughs> and the more and the dumber it is, the more people <laughs> seem to like it. So, look, I'm not going to say okay. people can't call it okay. that, but I like merch just wondering, madness. Just wondering. And I'm the guy who runs the show. I know. So. I know. That's why. So you can say whatever I, you okay. like, though. I you defer. Can, you can, no, I defer. You, you can live a parallel life and do whatever you like. <laughs> uh, folks voted in the poll over the weekend, and the Garmy voted on Garmin 66, the Batman 66 logo with my name and uh, caricature in it as the one they liked the best. It's a badass logo. It's pretty badass. It's pretty badass. Right up there, however, was the Jack Daniels yeah. logo. They've all been neck great. They're all great. It's hard to pick a winner. They're all great. Um, we may we may have to pick more than one winner. By Those the two are... Because they're, they're yeah. really pretty good. But the thing is with the Batman uh, logo is I've been thinking about starting another podcast that, that may or may not be Batman 66 related. Oh, wow. Well. Nice. And that could come in handy if I go that route. That would so be cool. I'm going to back pocket that one. Anyway, uh, thanks to everyone who voted. We will make th- that available for the competition coming up this week. A couple more people have already entered. We've got one. I know you're going to like this one, Eddie. This comes from Mike Serber. He sent in one with the uh, Star Wars font oh, that's saying awesome. the Ralph Report, and it's you and me as Han Solo and Chewie, and so uh, that will be up later today for people to take a look at, and there's a geometric portrait of me done by Eric Gonzalez that we got in last week that I neglected to put up, so we'll uh, put that up as well. So this week already, we're kicking off to a big start. Thanks to everybody who participated, and speaking of participating, wow, this weekend, the uh, the Ralph Report hotline mailbox was practically full with calls yes (laughs) i was checking it all week long because it just kept filling up you guys were very vociferous this weekend look at that one yeah look that one up nice um a lot of people calling in a lot of different topics so i'd like to kick off the show today with some of your phone calls because they were very entertaining do you remember last week for sex university we talked about that secret men's sex problem of guys who have who who last too long? Yeah. Usually, you hear about guys who were, uh, you know, two pumps and a squirt, yeah, they and they're, they they're not satisfying their ladies. They couldn't pop the top. Some people can go and go and go, and they cannot achieve orgasm, yeah. which is an, a problem in the opposite direction. So we read the email of a Garmy member who was uh, talking about having this problem, and we did not identify him, but he called in because oh. he heard his uh, email being read and he heard our conversation, and we actually provided him some information that he was not aware of before. Well, look at that. So he called in to thank us, and here he is. Hey, Ralph and Eddie. Uh, just uh, listened to the show. Well, not just, but I listened to the show today, and I noticed that you guys read my email uh, about the uh, too much, too long. So I appreciate all the help, guys. Thanks for bringing so much stuff into the front so I can look at it. And uh, no, Eddie, I will not try pegging. So, lick my balls. No, wait. Uh, so, thank you. Uh, love you, mean it. Bye. Yeah. He's not going to try pegging, although yeah, that was your suggestion to I'm help just get saying, him off. You know, try something new, throw right? Throw something against the wall, see if it sticks. Look, well, yeah, literally. I don't know if you want to use that terminology in this particular case. <laughs> Uh, also, Shane called in. Shane had nice things to say, and many of you have had nice things to say about the uh, new segment of my wife and I breaking down each episode of Survivor for you every week. A lot of Survivor fans out there. Shane's one of them. Well, actually, he used to be a Survivor fan. He's had an ass full of Survivor. doesn't really care to watch it anymore, so he enjoys our breakdowns even more so because oh. we watch it for him. Nice. 
Hey, Ralph, you and Harry, you guys are doing a great job with that Survivor report. I've gotten completely bored of watching Survivor, but your five to eight minute long report gives me a succinct version that is just brilliant. Keep that shit up. I'm loving it. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, my name's Shane. Hey, Love Shane. you. Mean it. Love you, too. Bye. And, um... Yeah, maybe with my balls, too. Okay. That sounds like <laughs> a pretty right. good time. All right, I'll can't end a phone call. Sounds like a pretty good time. It does. <laughs> um, I don't know how anyone can get tired of watching Survivor. I've watched every season, and I'm just I'm always fascinated because people are always fascinated. Yeah, you're giving this guy an extra 45 minutes of his day. See? I hope you appreciate you know? that. Uh, this not everybody likes everything we do here on the show. <laughs> really? Uh, this gentleman, for example, he's got a problem with me. Hey, Ralph. It's Nathan from Arizona. Dude. Stop pausing the fucking show in the middle of the damn show. Come on, man. Seriously? Just do a jump cut or something. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Jump cut? I don't, I don't I thought know. that was popular. I, I thought so, too. You know, I thought people liked it. I, I'm going to talk to Eddie about it and see uh, if we're going to keep doing that segment. Now, can you just, just hold on for a second? Let's talk. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. And we're back. Um, you know what? I think it's going to stick around. <laughs> I, I think, think we decided. I think you lose. We also talked about uh, Vodka Day last week. Yeah, National was, Vodka Day. It was National Vodka Day. And here's the thing about me. It's sometimes I uh, do voices, you know, impressions, that kind of thing. When you're known to do that as a performer, invariably... People say, oh, you know, I do some voices, too. You want to hear my impression um, of this person? No, no. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned it. vodka martinis, yeah, which, of course, is the drink of James Bond, who, of course, was played by Sean Connery. Yeah, very famously. And uh, this gentleman, if he didn't identify himself, <laughs> you'd be hard-pressed to know that's the voice that he's doing. This is Sean Connery. I hear you're trying to make martinis with vodka. There's no such thing as a vodka martini. It doesn't have gin. It's shite. Oh, speaking oh. of shite, sir, oh. don't ever do that voice for oh. anyone again. Wow. I mean, I, I'm bad at voices, but wow. I heard you're making martinis. Oh, I'm Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> he, sounds, he sounds like a like a fisherman from a bad 40s movie or something. <laughs> Man, that, was, that was rough. Um, Eddie yeah. sometimes has a problem eating stuff. And not everybody appreciates Eddie's particular palate. No, no. Some people don't. think you should be more open-minded, especially when it comes to foods that they think, well, I'll just let this guy explain himself. God damn it, Eddie Pence. You don't like apple pie? You know who else doesn't like apple pie? Communists. Right. Goddamn KGB, <laughs> Boris Badenoff motherfuckers Boris. don't like apple pie. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on you, yeah. comrades. Right. Keep, keep an eye on, me from on the you. The 80s. Where's he going to keep an eye on me from? You don't know. The 1980s. Man. First they steal our elections, uh, then they steal our apple pies. Yeah, KGB. I know how you sleeper agents work. And Boris who? Boris Badenov. Badenov. He was from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Squirrel and moose. Squirrel and moose. I must get squirrel. We're keeping an eye on you. Keep an eye on you to know. And lastly, this email came in. And lastly, this phone call came in, which I think is going to kick off uh, our next segment. Hey, Ralph, this is Tori from Pasadena. Big fan of the show. Uh, had a question for you. 
Um, I was wondering where this came from, and I knew you were the man to tell me. So the other day, I was tickling my two-year-old daughter, and she was laughing and laughing, and I started saying, give up, give up, say uncle, say uncle. And I started thinking to myself, where the heck does that come from? Why do we tell people when they give up to say uncle? Well, that's an excellent question. That is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. And we've got a segment just built for that sort of thing called Where Did It Come From? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I fucking will know. This one is nuts. You never would guess where this one comes from. I, yeah. And I no uh, the, the thing I love about this segment is not only do I get to share some information with you, the Garmy, but also I get smarter because yeah. I get to do the you research. Get research and find it out. Saying uncle as a form of surrender is primarily a North American thing. We mostly do it here in the States. They do it in Canada to a certain extent. And so you would think maybe it goes back somewhere in American history. It turns out its origins are in ancient Rome. Believe it or not, in ancient Rome, when Roman children would be beset by a bully, they would be forced to say the following saying, patru mi patruissimo, which means translated out of the Latin, uncle, my best uncle. In order to surrender and be freed, Roman children had to say that to their bullies. Now, what did that mean when they were saying it? Why did they have to say that? In Roman society, in Roman times, your father's brother which is patru in Latin, was accorded the same power and status as your father. So what the bully was making you do was call him your uncle in order to give him the status and power over you of basically he dominated you. He right. owned your ass. Who's your daddy? He, he, you're basically, his bitch, your basically. Yeah. Right. Who's and he is, he's not your daddy, but he's close. Right. He's your uncle. Yeah. And so that's what they made him say. Uncle, my best uncle, was what you would say to the bully so he would release you and stop torturing you. So you're calling him a person of high honor and status. And so over the years, that got translated from the Latin uncle to the English word uncle. And now saying uncle is, in essence, acquiescing to someone stronger than you by putting them higher up in status by saying, basically, you're the same as my father's brother. And that's that... that they don't do that in Italy, anywhere or uh, not, Europe, not anywhere. The best Just of my North knowledge. America's not the it? best of my knowledge. It's uh, today they say it's regarded as an Americanism, but its origins go back to the Roman Empire. That's weird. And you know, it's funny because the the they had different words for your mother's brother and your father's brother. So Patru was the uncle on your father's side. If it was your mother's brother, it would be Avunculus. And that didn't have the same social status to it, so that no one would ever say that. It does sound like uncle in there. It does. Avunculus, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there you go. It goes all the way back to the Roman That's Empire. That's really interesting. That's fascinating, yeah. right? Anyway, thanks for that phone call. And now you know where Say <laughs> Uncle came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I fucking will know. All right, it is Monday, October 8th. That means we take a look at the calendar to see what holidays, both national and international, are connected to October 8th. It's time for Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. You'd be surprised how many holidays are attached to every day on the calendar. 
Today's a real one, though. It's a real holiday. It's Columbus Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which um, yeah, yeah. not a lot of people celebrate anymore. Well, no, because I think we found out what Columbus really was Columbus about. was a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't even the guy who really discovered no, the New World. Not really. His whole life is a fraud. And he was a, a fucker, too. He yeah. was a bastard. But in the 80s and 70s and 60s, it was a nice, neat little thing to do. And, get the and usually he got the day off yeah. from school. I don't think the kids even get off anymore. No, you don't. But I think it's still a federal holiday. So I think federal offices Maybe. are closed today. So you can't... Public uh, schools, though, are open. Yeah, so. private, too. Um, and as sort of an FU, today is also Native American Day. Oh, yeah. That just came about recently, though, didn't yes, it? Yes, as, as sort of, of an answer yeah. to Columbus Day. They figure, well, we can't get rid of Columbus Day, <laughs> but if we have Native American Day, maybe we can cancel it out in some way. <laughs> it's like a positive <laughs> and a negative, open to break even. But Native American Day is uh, always observed on the same day as Columbus Day because he was such a prick to the indigenous peoples of the United States. It's not celebrated in all 50 states yet, but it is recognized here in California, also South Dakota, both states that have a high population of uh, Native Americans. Yeah, It is a day to celebrate the cultures and contributions made to our country by the various Native American tribes. So hit the casino, spend a couple bucks. and uh, <laughs> The real Americans. That's right. And give, them, uh, give them some of your money. It's also World Octopus Day. Uh, why? I have no idea. There, there's no reason for it? Well, uh, there is. There's people who love the octopus. They claim it's one of the most distinctive creatures living on the planet today. They claim that they are one of Earth's great survivors, despite their relatively short lifespan. Octopus fossils date back more than 300 million years, meaning that they predate even dinosaurs. Wow. So as a species, they've been around almost as long. I think they're aliens. As any, they sure look like it, don't I they? I heard somewhere. <laughs> oh, I Here we go. Welcome, that... welcome to the week. It's now that, Monday. I heard the, the octopus was recast. Originally, it was supposed to be. I'm telling you, I heard that there's like a, some form. There's something in their DNA is not from Earth. It's an. <laughs> it comes from possibly uh, a meteor or something like that. They are. They actually are aliens. Serious? That's why I really. I heard that somewhere. I don't know where. I can't verify it. That octopuses are actually yeah. octopi. Octopi are actually aliens. Extraterrestrials. Okay. Why? Some part of their DNA, some part of their makeup is not terrestrial <sighs> from Earth. So that's just what I heard. All right. That's just what I heard. Please hold. <laughs> Please hold. We'll be right back. We appreciate your business. Please continue to hold. And we're back. We did a little research. Eddie, you want to tell folks what you found out when we did a little research? Apparently, they didn't come oh, from really? outer space. <laughs> apparently, apparently, octopus did not come from outer space. But they space. have a very complex nervous system, unlike any other animal on the planet. Right. But. But. Uh, that but doesn't, that's not. I'm, that, not, I'm pretty sure it's not what you said. That doesn't mean. If I remember correctly, I think you pretty much told us that octopi come from I outer heard space. That they possibly came from outer space. Uh, but apparently, they, they didn't. They're just very different than any other. Is wrong. Yeah. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> Good to be back. Google it. It's interesting reading. Um, yeah. So uh, here's the thing. They are very intelligent, and they can learn to uh, solve basic problems, they say. You can actually train octopuses oh, you to can? do stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. So they're pretty smart, but nowhere here in my research does it say they come from they're Vulcan. They're not Vulcans. Nope. It's also National Kick Butt Day. So go out there and kick some butt. This is actually a pretty good idea. This is the day that they reserve in October for you 
to finally kick yourself in the ass and uh, get on with something. Work on achieving your goals. Tackle a project. Right. You want to change jobs. You have a project you want to start. Uh, you got an exercise or, or a program or a diet that you want to start. Today is that day. And it's good to have a national day that kind of uh, motivates you to, to... It's good on a Monday, too. Yeah, that get into gear. Start the week right. So it's National Kick Butt Day. Go out there and kick some butt. And then you can do it again next Monday. That's right, because you're not doing it. <laughs> it's also Touch Tag Day. Tag your it, that kind of tag. Is that what it is? It's nuts. It's um, nut. It's not touch your nuts. <laughs> touch day your nuts day. It's it's American touch tag day. That's every day, and uh, it is celebrating the traditional childhood game, which has been played once again. Dates back to ancient Rome. Boy, the Romans gave us a lot of stuff. Gave us they? democracy, and uh, it's a very popular game around the world. Why, Eddie? Because you don't need anything to do it. With. No equipment. You're <laughs> no right. Equipment. You're absolutely right. You just need a hand <laughs> and somebody else. Two people can play. Friend. You got to be able to touch somebody. And, Preferably more than one friend. Otherwise, it's kind of boring. And you got to say you're it. You got to be able to say those words. It's also oh, all right. This is a food. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna get the drums out. Nothing. We're just gonna bur- barrow through this because I know this is not something that's gonna work well with my friend Eddie Pence. What I do. It is National Fluffer Nutter Day. <laughs> That's peanut. That's marshmallow, right? Marshmallow. It's marshmallow cream spread and peanut butter together in one delicious, amazing (laughs) sandwich. But I don't have anything against that. You can't tell us how much you're not into peanut butter and you don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I never said I was against peanut butter. You did. You said, eh, you met on peanut butter. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you rejected outright. But peanut butter and and marshmallow cream sandwiches, you're in? I wouldn't eat a sandwich, no. I'd put it on ice cream or something. A fluffer nutter nutter is the peanut butter butter and marshmallow cream sandwich. Oh, no, then I would. would, No, with bread, it's just gross. No. Well, how does the bread make it? Because it gets gross. all mushy, and it's just no. Well, don't leave it sitting out in the <laughs> sun so for a much while. <laughs> just eat it fresh. It'd be so much better on ice cream. Oh boy! But today also does have another food-related holiday, and I do like to bring these up with Eddie because sometimes I just never know. And this is one of those days. It is also national. <laughs> Comes from our Polish friends. I love it. I love this food. It is national. Pierogi Day, National Pierogi Day. Pierogi Day. Pierogies. I think I know what a pierogi is. A what? pierogi is. Um, What's a pierogi? I guess the best way to explain it, although I don't use this word because I know this will put you off them. <laughs> it's kind of like a dumpling. It's like a thin okay. crust that they pack with all different kinds of stuff. Sometimes it's uh, cheese. Sometimes it's meat. Sometimes it's I felt it's we vegetables. already did a pierogi day. No, we haven't done pierogi. Really we did dumpling day. Dump- I thought we did something but these else. these are pierogies. These are usually uh, fried in butter or baked, but they're usually filled with like mashed potatoes or potato and cheese, potato and onion, that kind of thing. They have some uh, sweet ones, too. They can use them for desserts, but mostly it's sort of a, uh, a side sound- dish, a Polish side dish. doesn't sound terrible. See? I would, try, I would try that. You would try that. I would try that. Come on. A lot of Polish people are applauding. I'd give that. I'd yeah. try that than a fluffer nutter. Go out there, grab yourself a pierogi, and look at those octopus and say, how? Wow. How did they get here? Wow. I wonder what their spaceship looks like. It's got so many steering all right, it's a Monday. Let's take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Show Biz Beat. On Mondays, we like to take a look at the top 10 movies at the box office, give us a sense of what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. And Friday, when we were talking about the new movies, we were debating 
how close it was going to be between Venom and A Star Is Born in terms of what was going to be number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And one just blew the other one out really? of the water. Yeah, Which one? Venom was number one at the box office, made $80 million made that this much? weekend. It's a uh, October record, I believe. I saw it. I saw it. I can't believe it made that much. Uh, what did you think? I have not had a chance to um, It wasn't as weekend. bad as I thought it was going to be. No? It's still not a good movie. What about uh, Tom Hardy's uh, Marlon Brando impression? Uh, it grew on me as, as the yeah. movie went along. It grew, At first it was weird, and then it... It was laughable, mm-hmm. and I think unintentionally laughable, and then it got better, but okay. it's still not a good movie. Yeah. Well, people didn't care. They no, went they didn't droves. Care. $80 million worth made it number one. A Star is Born made about half that, $41.2 million. I was I thought it would do better. I thought, yeah, I really I thought that would. I thought the Gaga fans would be out. I did, too. Uh, Smallfoot, still in the top five at number three for Warner Brothers. Night School came in at number four. Then The House with a Clock in Its Walls, that Jack Black kid's uh, comedy, number five. Number six, A Simple Favor. Number seven, The Nun. Then Hellfest at number eight, Crazy Rich Asians. And The Predator, rounding out the top ten movies at the box office. Eddie loved The Predator, oh, by the way. Just ask Pile him. of garbage. Sad news if you're a fan of The Walking Dead. Scott Wilson has passed away. Great character actor. Passed away at the age of 76 over the weekend. He was known for his role as Herschel Green on that show. Now, here's the thing. I never really watched uh, Walking Dead. I was never really a I big never, fan of I that never show. watched it either. But I was a fan of this guy. Great character actor. I knew him from a movie called In Cold Blood, based on the Truman Capote book from the 60s. He co-starred with Robert Blake. What a terrific performance he gave in that. He was also in The Heat of the Night. He was in The Great Gatsby in the 70s. He was in The Right Stuff in the 80s. Just one of those actors who made every project that he was in better. He passed away due to complications from leukemia over the weekend. Very talented guy, and I know a lot of folks out there were Herschel fans from The Walking Dead, so sad news over the weekend. Taylor Swift is stepping up publicly for the first time, talking about her political beliefs. I saw that. This was surprising yesterday when she released this statement about how she plans to vote in the midterm elections in her adopted home state of Tennessee. Wow, very uh, conservative state. Very, and she comes from a country music background. Yeah. A lot of her fans are from that part of the world. They are younger, though, so maybe... That's true. Maybe she's not in danger of uh, alienating as many as some might think, but regardless, you got to give her props for taking a stand publicly when she obviously will get some sort of uh, backlash because of this. I would imagine. Uh, We're talking about the fact that she is now, she is voting for two Democrats who are running for U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives in her home state, of Tennessee, and she's been very public about this, and she announced why she was going to do it, saying that the beliefs and the positions taken by uh, especially U.S. Representative Marsha Blackburn, who is a Republican running in that state, are antithetical to everything she personally stands for. She says, these are not my Tennessee values. Boom. Do you think this is all leading up to a big uh, Taylor Swift-Kanye battle at WrestleMania? (laughs) You think that's what this is leading to? Oh, I'd pay cash Could money for that. Maybe she's going to run. Maybe, maybe, looking at, maybe we're looking at a future presidential Kanye debate in the future. Taylor 2020. Yeah. 2024. Speaking of Kanye, uh, the Saturday Night Live over the weekend could not go on without addressing what happened in the previous week yeah. where he was on as the guest. And after the show was over, that whole rant he did, I didn't know, was after the show was over. He kind of kept the studio audience and the cast of that show hostage on stage while he went through that 20-minute pro-Trump speech that he did. 
And they sort of had to address it, and they did during the weekend update segment. They brought out Pete Davidson. And I'm not a big Pete Davidson fan. I find him often, uh, especially when he's cast in a sketch, just... Uh, not bringing anything to Yeah, it. I don't understand why he's even on the show. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes he'll show up just on Weekend Update and talk about the fact that he's got he had his bipolar and stuff and everything. And I guess there's value in that, but it doesn't seem like there's much comic value yeah, in that. much con- contribution to the show. But I did stay up late and watch the show this weekend. And imagine my surprise when Pete Davidson was the funniest thing on the entire show. Really? Because he was the guy they chose to talk about Kanye West and what happened. And he said very comically at the beginning of his speech that it was between him and Michael Che because Michael was black. He said, but I'm crazy and we know we know who's behind the wheel of Kanye right now. It's the crazy part of Kanye. <laughs> so he went into a very funny segment about Kanye West and what he said on stage there and how he thinks Kanye should handle this moving forward. So here's just a little taste of Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. But like Kanye, I know you're like, yo, this is the real me. I'm off the meds. <laughs> Take him. There's no shame in the, in the medicine game. I'm on him. It's great. Take him. There's nothing wrong with take him. If I ever got on a plane and the pilot said, I just want all you to know, this is the real me flying. <laughs> I'd jump out. Mentally ill is not an excuse to act like a jackass. (laughs) He really took him to task, gotta tell you. And I was really impressed. I thought he did a great job. It was very, very funny. Good for him. So good for Pete Davidson. Uh, Now, from one political spectrum to the other, here's a guy who's not very funny when he talks about politics. Robert De Niro. Remember when he was at the (laughs) Grammys and he was supposed to be introducing Bruce Springsteen? (laughs) He came out and said, fuck Trump. That's it. Fuck Trump. He went off on that whole tirade. Yeah. Well, he was at another event over the weekend. He was at the Carousel of Hope Ball in Beverly Hills, which is supposed to be raising money for juvenile diabetes. Oh, my God. No, he didn't. And so he came out, and he said, firstly, he acknowledged that since the Tony Awards, not a lot of people are asking him to speak publicly. <laughs> and he said, I haven't had many occasions to speak publicly since the Tony Awards. It's very brave of you, Barbara. Talk about Barbara Davis, the... Uh, the uh, person who runs this event, to give me the opportunity. I think everyone's afraid I'm going to come out and say, don't worry, I won't do it. I'm not going to say it. Not tonight anyway. And then he had this awful joke where he said, one reminder, the drinks, wine, and beer are flowing, but be careful. If you have too much, you may end up on the Supreme Court. Oh. He can't. He's not funny. He can't do that. How? How can one of the greatest actors of our generation be such a stiff on stage when he's talking? Comedy's not... Everyone does not have timing and com- comic chops. They he's, just don't. He's as bad as Mike Huckabee. I he's mean, they, bad. He's bad when he tries to make these political just, jokes. They just lay there. No. He's great. He's funny when he's doing a caricature of himself. Right. He's, he's, and that's it. He's funny when he's playing a mobster who's getting uh, analyzed by Billy yeah, Crystal. that's the extent of his comedy. Yeah. You could end up in Supreme Court. A little bit. A little bit you could. <laughs> God damn it. Stop it. Just stop talking about politics, Bobby. In music news, Iggy Azalea has announced she is canceling her Bad Girls North American tour that was supposed to kick off on October 27th in Hollywood, Florida and wrap up on December 4th in Houston. All the shows have been canceled due to unforeseen circumstances, she says. Sources are saying uh, the circumstances were very foreseen because no one was buying any tickets to her shows. (laughs) So they had to cancel it. We know this because her opening act is a rapper called Cupcake, 
and Cupcake said that she wasn't going to be part of the tour uh, earlier this week, uh, last week rather, due to a change of plans. And then she came clean and said, look, here's the change of plans. I was supposed to get paid $300,000 on this tour. They cut me back to 30000 That's what I mean by change wow, of plans. Wow, that's a huge cut. Iggy knows I love her, but I need that bag in full. That's all. And so she uh, she quit the uh, tour as well. Wow. So sales are so bad, apparently, that they couldn't even afford to pay the opening act. And uh, so now she's canceled. Look, she hasn't been in the public eye very much. She has no hit songs. I guess she's trying to play venues that are too big for her her, her talent right now. Yeah. So that's scary. And in more concert news, Ozzy Osbourne had to cancel a show over the weekend as well. He was supposed to play in Saturday night, but he couldn't because he was in the hospital due to surgery on his hand that involved an infection. He got an infected hand so badly they had to operate on it, which lends itself to the the disturbing question of what was Ozzy Osbourne doing with his hand? Well, we know he likes it a lot. That that caused it to get infected so badly they had to operate on his hand to cut out the infections. I don't, like what happened? What do you what can you do to a hand that makes that happen? Well, his wife said he's super horny. Oh, come so, on. I don't know. I think he forgot how to use toilet paper. That's oh. what I'm guessing. Sharon! How do I wipe my ass? And he had like a paper cut or oh. something, and the rest is history. But uh, yeah, I don't want to picture that. They showed him in the hospital. He's got his thumb was all bandaged up, and his <laughs> middle finger was all bandaged up. Like he had like they had to cut into his flesh to get out the infection. The thumb and the middle finger. Yes, he's wrapping something around oh, there. I don't gross. Know. Maybe he got a hold of a dirty hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Today, celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on October eighth. If you're born on this day, you share a birthday with. Bruno Mars. How about that? Bruno Mars, such a talented guy. And that Uptown Funk song that he had a hit with a little bit ago, man, that's a great goddamn song. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Saturday night we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. He is 33 years old today. Actress Sigourney Weaver celebrates her 69th birthday. Paul Hogan celebrates his birthday today. Does that name ring a bell for crocodile you? Crocodile Dundee. He is indeed Crocodile Dundee. He is 79 years old. Oh my today. God. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> That was a great movie. That's not a birthday cake. <laughs> Did you see the third this one? This is a birthday cake. No, I didn't see the oh third my God, one. The third one. Is <laughs> Who would? So bad. Who would see that? The second oh, one was unbearable. Second was bad, but the third one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, author R. L. Stein, who gave us Goosebumps, uh, the beloved kids book series, seventy-five years old today. Also seventy-five is actor and comedian Chevy Chase, and it's the same Chevy Chase uh, has been exposed to be such a raging asshole. Yeah, you never hear a good word about him. You do not <laughs> ever. Uh, even Pete Davidson in his slam against Kanye West <laughs> said it was the most disturbing thing he'd ever seen on Saturday Night Live, and he said, "And I saw Chevy Chase talk to an intern once, <laughs> so he, <laughs> he took a shot at Chevy because he used to be so funny." I loved him as a kid. I mean, I loved him as a kid. Three Amigos, all the stuff Vacation on Saturday Live, Spies Vacation like movies, Us, Spies Like Us, and who could forget Fletch? Right, Fletch when he's in the doctor's yeah. office and he's getting his prostate <laughs> exam. Moon River. Thank you, Doc. You ever served time? <laughs> you ever served time? <laughs> you using the whole fist? <laughs> you using the whole fist there, Doc? 
That's a shame. He's a dick. I know. Actress Kim Wayans of the acting Wayans family. She is 57 years old today. Maybe she can take over for her brother. Oh, yeah. Maybe she's tired of working, too. She might be tired of working. She's fine. looking for a job. She could quit as well. Uh, also celebrating a birthday today is Arian Love from the Stylistics. The Stylistics are a 70s soul um, vocal group out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Had so many hits in the 70s, but especially for me, coming from Philly, you heard the Stylistics everywhere. Such a great sound. He is 69 years old today. Here is just one of their hits. on the stylistics in my basement throw a little log on the fire oh, there's a lot of action going on masturbation all night no it was i was with a oh, woman with at somebody. the time eddie okay. well, pillow that's a yeah that's a dude singing lead by the way in that band that's a dude that's a dude no it is yes wow yeah that's his falsetto uh comedian daryl hammond is 63 years old today bassist cj ramon of the legendary ramones turns 53 years old today Screenwriter, actor, all-around good guy, Matt Damon is 48 years old. Actor Angus T. Jones, who was the half on Two and a Half Men, he is 25. Singer Robert Bell, also known as Cool from Cool and the Gang, is 68. I wanted to play a Cool and the Gang song, and the one that everyone knows I couldn't play because I just can't bear to listen to it anymore, which is sad because it's a great song. But weddings and other functions have just ruined this yeah. song for everyone. It's called Celebrate mm-hmm. Good Time Celebration. Uh, I just can't listen to it anymore. So here's another song from Cool and the Gang. Cool Bell is 68 today. Molly Quinn, the actress who played Castle's daughter on the series Castle with Nathan Fillion. She's 25 years old. Singer Steve Perry, not that Steve Perry, the one from Cherry Poppin' Daddies is 55. Remember the Cherry Poppin' Cherry Daddies? Cherry Poppin' Daddies. They were part of that swing the big, craze. The big band swing thing going on. When that yeah. was going on with people were at the uh, late Swingers 90s. the Movie, remember? It was like mid-late 90s. Right? Exactly. People were at the Brown Derby and they were doing that swing dance. Brian Setzer. Brian Setzer, yeah. The orchestra yeah. came out of that. It was just, that was a massive musical movement and they were right there in the front of it. Kind of glad that phase yeah, is over. It, didn't, it peaked real quick. It and sure did. Died away real fast. And those people look dumb <laughs> with their giant hats on, <laughs> their doing long, their flippy long flop dancing. Their chains. Uh, actress Bella Thorne celebrates her 21st birthday today. And singer Noelle Skaggs of Fitz and the Tantrums is 39. If you know this band at all, you know this woman is an amazing singer with a great stage presence. Here's a little bit of Fitz and the Tantrums.
love that band. And that is it today for all the show business news. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. Coming up next is my conversation with a pal of mine, Brad Meltzer, who also happens to be a New York Times bestselling author. He has written so many great books, so many great adult thrillers like The Inner Circle and The President's Shadow and The House of Secrets. And he's written nonfiction books as well. But in my opinion, and we first met because he wrote some great comic books too, including um, The Justice League of America. But he has written a series of books for kids called The Ordinary People Change the World series, or the I Am series, where he tells the biographical stories of some of the world's great heroes, lessons that need to be taught to young people today. And I think I started with uh, Jane Goodall with my kids. She read that book, Helen Keller, George Washington. They're, They're all great books, but it makes it a really accessible bio for kids to understand who these people were and why they were so important. And he's got a brand new one out right now called I Am Neil Armstrong. Talks all about the first man on the moon. Here's my conversation with Brad Meltzer. Brad Meltzer, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Thanks for spending some time with me. Thank you, Brother Ralph. I want to talk to you about this great new book. You know what a fan I am of all your work, but this uh, Ordinary People Change the World series that you do. My kid and I, we just love to read them together, and it just seems like more than ever, we kind of need inspirational stories about real people who came before us who prove that we can be the best that we can be versus what it seems like right now, which is everyone being the worst that they can be. Yeah, you know, I put on Twitter today, it occurred to me that, you know, I I said that uh, all throughout history, our leaders either bring out the best in us or the worst in us. And yeah. it really depends if they're the best of us or the worst of us. And I think you're exactly right. We're starving for heroes right now as a country. I don't care what your pol- politics are. I mean, even the arch conservatives and the and the super liberals both are like, oh, my gosh, we need better heroes. They're, that's the one thing we actually do agree on as a country. Um, and uh, and for me, that's where this series, as you know, came from. It was for me trying to do with what you do with your daughter, giving my own kids some real inspiration to look up to. And um, it's amazing to watch this series take off with parents because what parents are doing is they're using our books to fight back against, you know, the divisiveness in the country, trying to give their kids lessons of generosity and kindness and being a good person, which my God, it's it's so sad to say, but it feels like we, we're just not anymore. And the new book is I am Neil Armstrong and I'll tell you, the book is great, and it's. It, I think it's even a step above the usual uh, book in this series in that it's it's really pretty dense with science and stuff, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, we went, you know, for the for us on this one, each book kind of the person's story takes on its own thing, and and when we were doing Neil Armstrong, I was like, yeah, of course we want to do the moon landing, um, and we'll do his young life, which is we, we'll talk about in a moment, but. As you said, we just had all this technical stuff and we realized, you know what, if you're going to do this, if this is really for that little kid who loves science, who loves to want, you know, to engineer, to figure things out, like, let's actually do it. And as I was researching, I didn't know this stuff. I was like, oh, I, there was a real, as I was researching, I'm like, obviously you think that there's a rocket that goes to the moon, but you know, it's a multi-step process. Here's stage one, here's stage two, here's stage two, then here's what has to happen. This goes down, then they get rid of this part. This is how they get back. And then this is how they get home. And I realized, oh, my gosh, I can teach my kids that this isn't just about taking the giant leap. 
you got to take all the smaller steps to get there. You got to do the hard work. That's how you succeed. And so as I was researching Neil Armstrong, it just presented itself that that was the obvious way to go with this one. And the story of his youth about him wanting to climb that tree is the perfect allegory for what he ends up doing as an adult. Yeah. And that was, listen, there are some stories that just jump out. And I saw that when I was like, we'll take that. Um, <laughs> Neil Armstrong, when he was right, I mean, he's eight years old and his big dream at that point was to climb a giant silver maple tree in his backyard. That was the dream. And when you climb a tree, we all know, you know, you put your hand, left hand up here and your right foot down here and you kind of, kind of shimmy upward and you really do. It's like a puzzle. And you, gotta, you have to engineer, you have to figure out your solution to get up to the top. And as Neil Armstrong, as a boy, is climbing this tree, he grabs a dead branch, the branch snaps, and he plummets to the ground, lands flat on his back, 15 feet flat on his back, wind knocked out of him, sister comes running, she goes get mom. But the most important thing that Neil Armstrong does in that moment is he gets back up again. And that's the lesson for my kids, right, is like, he gets back up, he gets a job mowing grass in a cemetery, the most like depressing job since like Oliver Twist, um, <laughs> you know, for a kid. I mean, and he wants to save money to buy toy planes because he loves toy airplanes. Then he wants a real plane. He wants to get his pilot's license. He's so young when he gets his pilot's license that he gets his pilot's license before his driver's license and becomes a test pilot, becomes an astronaut. Of course, again, takes that giant leap on the moon. But like we just said, you know, it was vital for me to teach my kids, you don't take the giant leap until you take thousands upon thousands upon thousands of smaller steps. And I think right now, we on social media and as a culture, we favor on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere, those who are good at at calling attention to themselves, those who are good at saying, look at me. And we forget that, you know what, the best things we can do for our kids is to remind them like, it's just, no, it's not about that. It's about the hard work. That's who's going to succeed. And that's what I wanted this book to get us back to. So I, I'm Neil Armstrong completely gives those kids those stories. Why did you choose Neil Armstrong this time around? I'm sure there's so many people on your list of, uh, of books you can do. What made Neil Armstrong pop out at you? Um, for me, the number one thing that I wanted from was one that I, a, a detail about him that I knew personally, and it was his humility. That's what I, I always, when I pick a, a hero, I always look and say, what can I give my kids as a lesson? And Neil Armstrong never used the word I. He used the word we. We did this. We accomplished it. We did it together. That's how he saw the Apollo mission to the moon. And he wasn't, he wasn't just talking about his fellow astronauts. He was talking about the mathematicians, the scientists. He was talking about the tailors who sewed together his spacesuit. We did it. We all did it. Yeah. And remember, when, remember Ralph, when humility was a great American <laughs> virtue, right? It's something I mean, we aspired to. Right. It was something we wanted in our leaders. It was like, that is dead. It is dead. And the only way you get it back is if you fight for it for your kids. Your kids are going to pick heroes, whether you like it or not. The only question is, do you want to have some say in it? Yeah. And for me, I picked Neil Armstrong because I was like, I want humility back again. I want hard work back again. Those are virtues we got away from. And I think, it, you know, I always think when you look at history, throughout history, you, especially in times of great stress in the country, you don't get the heroes you want, you get the heroes you need. And I think it's no coincidence that this year, the two big biographies that are coming out um, are Neil Armstrong, First Man's coming out, and the Mr. Rogers biography that just came out. Yeah. And I think we're just a culture right now that's starving for that kind of like 
not that chest beater who says, look at me, but that humble, hardworking, good person. And I think we, 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 again, have to give those, we have to show our heroes who those people are. It used to be if you bragged about yourself, you were obnoxious and looked down upon and shunned right, you're by an a-hole, society. Right, right. You, were an, you were an a-hole, right? I mean, that yeah. was the definition of it. And now we're like, great, more follow. follow. That's going to be an interesting show. I want to watch that. Follow, <laughs> follow, follow. And, you know, I, again, you, I know it's hard. I, I fight it my, myself as well, right? Like reality television is so awesome when it's really bad. But the more you eat it, the more they're going to give it to you. Yeah. Right. Like everyone yep. always blames the networks, blames the, we want to blame cable news. Why did you put that person on the air? But, you know, if you feed people slop and they eat it, they're going to get more slop. But it's up. To, we're eating it. We're, we're, we like to pretend we don't like it, but we, we, we chow down. And as long as we chow down, we're going to keep getting what they serve us. Um, if you want to see them change it, stop chowing down on it. So this is my way of, of pushing back. And you got to hope that the, the, the whole kid. Yeah. You got to hope the pendulum will swing and, and the next generation will reject those values and look for something better, right? Um, you know, I was, I was at the National Book Festival a couple of weeks ago and they had the guy, Brian Selznick, is the artist, the children's book artist who, who redid the Harry Potter covers and he just had to redo them. And, and he got up in front of the audience and he did this amazing talk, Ralph. He said that he never read Harry Potter and he just read it for the first time three years ago. And as he, he started reading three years ago, and, and I asked him to do, redo the covers, and he said, but you know what's amazing when you read it now? is He said, I realize that these kids, and he didn't even have to say the word Parkland, right? Everyone knew who he was talking about. But these kids who are protesting today, he's like, when you read Harry Potter, Harry Potter is about a group of kids, and the adults can't get the job done. There's this awful person in power. There's a, 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 they're fighting against them and the adults are helpless. Mm. And it's the kids who band together who conquer that incredible source of power. And he said, and these kids who were protesting, they they were raised on Harry Potter. They were like, that's bred into their DNA. They were brought up with those lessons. And I sat there just going, Oh my gosh, I love this. I love this. I love that idea. So I think, you know, we forget sometimes that, if you feed the next generation, you know, the, the right morals, the right values, it really does have an impact. So that, that's why I love that people are building, you know, whether it's I'm Amelia Earhart, whether it's I am Abraham Lincoln, Rosa Parks or Neil Armstrong or Harriet Tubman or Helen Keller, Jane Goodall, is that people are help using our books to build libraries of real heroes for their kids and their nieces and their nephews. Speaking of feeding the kids, congratulations on the announcement that PBS is going to be doing an animated series based on your IM books, which I think is awesome. Um, yes, we just were finally able to announce it. Um, and uh, we've been working on this thing for four years. Oh, man. So it's been just such a long, you know, we had we did a pilot about two years ago. Um, and then we were rewriting that and redoing it. And, you know, unlike a a TV show right, right at in LA, you're used to it, right? You film your pilot, you get your answer. It goes on immediately. It's animation. Mm-hmm. So it takes an entire team to animate. You know, it's not like, Hey guys, let's put on a show. We'll film it in a week and we'll be done. It takes months of animation just to get that pilot. And, uh, it's called Xavier Riddle and the secret museum. It stars a little boy named Xavier, his sister, Yadina, and there's a third character is a little boy named Brad who looks conspicuously a lot like <laughs> me when I was a kid. Um, and uh, 
and he run and they basically have problems and they have a secret museum that takes them back in time and they get to meet each of the heroes from our IM books. And of course, even more than the heroes we've done to solve their problems. So it's just been so amazing to work with Chris Eliopoulos, who's the amazing artist on our books. It's his art style. And so we finally get to see our kids come life. But, you know, of course the fun of it is like we're casting all these people now, like I usually, am, you know, Chris and I are looking at the art Chris draws and I say, Oh no, little Albert Einstein should look like this or little Neil Armstrong should look like this. But now we're doing their voices. Right. And so we have all these little kids who are coming in for these casting sessions and being like, that's not how, you know, Jane Goodall sounds like it should be like that. And so we don't know what at all we're talking about, but we're, <laughs> we're pretending. When is that going to air? When do we start seeing episodes? So it's November 2019, a year from now. we got a long ways to go, but we're now knee-deep, and I think we finished about half the scripts for the season. We're doing um, 35 episodes. Um, so it's, it's 70 different heroes, because there's two heroes for every episode. Um, and it's just been, you know, I know everyone's supposed to say, oh, it's the labor of love, but this is, this is kind of my soul in book and TV form. Right. And I, I know that you are involved in so many great projects. I mean, you, you write on so many levels, so many different kinds of things, but I always get the sense when we talk about this series in particular that this really is where your heart and soul is. I, you know, I think for me, and I stumbled into it, right? I did this because I had kids. I had no plan. I just was like, what do I want my kids to have? And, and on the day that I was born, my dad bought a bottle of champagne to open when I got married. And I think when my, my kids were born, I just didn't care about champagne. I was like, you know, I'm a writer. I'm going to write them a book and I'm going to mm. I'm going, to pre- I'm going to present it to them and it's going to be filled with great advice for them to live by. And they'll say, when I give it to them, thank you, father, you are indeed the greatest dad of all time. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, I, and Ralph, I had this big parade plan for myself. It was going to be amazing. But the truth was, I didn't know anything what I was doing. But when I, when we stumbled on kind of working with heroes and telling the stories of heroes, my friend Simon Sinek told me this story that every time the Wright brothers went out to fly their plane, they would bring enough extra materials for multiple crashes because every time they went out, they knew they would fail Mm. and they would crash and rebuild and crash and rebuild. And that's why they took off. I love that story. I wanted my sons to hear that story. I wanted my daughter to hear that story. I wanted everyone to know you dream big, you work hard, you get a side order of stubbornness, you'll do anything in this world. And that's when I started writing these books and for me, I think what, you know, you, sometimes you just stumble onto that thing that just completely embodies the best version of you that you wish you could be, that you know you're not, but you just wish you could be. And I feel like that's what those books are for me. Like, I'll never be this good or this inspiring, but my God, I want to be, you know? And I think all of us are like, we're all brave and we're all terrified and we're all amazing and we're all cowards and we're all fantastic. And it just depends on what moment of the day you catch us. And yeah. for me, this this book is, is kind of, you know, where it's like my true north, and I, I know where it points. Well, the new book is I Am Neil Armstrong. Even if you don't have a kid, read it, because, you know, I was I caught to myself while I was reading it with my daughter, Olivia, that it's such an overwhelming achievement, and it should never have happened. All the little pieces, all the things that could have gone wrong, it's amazing that they ever got to the moon, and we take it so much for granted now. When you read it again in story form, it is it reads like a miracle. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, they have, we have more power on our phone and computing power than they had on the Apollo mission. And, you know, they, he was landing on the moon and they didn't have great, you know, he didn't know how high he was. He had a minute of fuel left. They had no instruments that were telling him where they were going to go down. They were about to crash in the boulders the size of cars. And the only way that Neil Armstrong is landing it 
is he's using a, he's using a quick math and basically like good timing. I'm like, if, if, if my life is depending on quick math, we're dead. <laughs> like that's it. it. We're over. And it's an, like, I watched my 16 year old read it and he's like, Oh my gosh, dad. And you know, my 10 year old is like, Oh my gosh. So I, I love that no matter what age you are, you can really enjoy it. That's the fun. Brad, always a pleasure talking to you, sir. I know how busy you are. So when you take time out, I really appreciate it. Anytime for you. You know that, brother. And now it's time for us to play a new game. We just started playing this game last week because the brand new season of Family Guy over on Fox debuted last right. week. And I am a regular visitor over there at Family Contributor. Guy. I yeah. contribute from time to time. Well, actually, almost every episode, every episode I'm on there. <laughs> and they have me do voices for characters on the show. And often people will write in and say, could you please identify yourself because I don't know who you are on each episode. So I thought we'd play a fun little game. Who'd Ralph play? Who'd Ralph play? Who'd Ralph play? Yeah. No, nobody gave us a, a jingle for that <laughs> Did one. Did you do that? This was a uh, that was a last minute slap together. <laughs> that's a placeholder. So let's let's not. No, get, that's it. Let's not get attached no, to that. I'm attached. That was, that's. I'm marrying that. That was just a. That's just something to, to hold the place <laughs> for an actual person with talent doing that. I was like, who's that girl? It just made no, me. No, I knew it. what it was. All right. It's obvious. Um, it's if you're watching the show last night, you know there was a cutaway where Brian talks about how good his hearing is. And it turns out one of his neighbors is the creature from Stranger Things. <laughs> Can't you hear him talking about you? Yeah, I'm a dog. I can hear everything. By the way, the Stranger Things monster just farted. Woo! Must have been that fat chick I ate. See, that's not. That's very rude <laughs> that's of him you? to say. That's me. You I- gave me crap for saying fat chick. Like five five weeks ago. Yeah, they made me say it was oh, in a script, and they, they paid me. You improvised it. I did not. You don't improvise over there on Family <laughs> Guys. Um, and then I, I came back. The character came back, and uh, he's got a wife. It turns out, and he, he doesn't stop farting just because his <laughs> wife is in the room. Apparently, keep it down up there. Holy crap, Hal! What's wrong with you? <laughs> you love it. Yeah, I don't think she loves it. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are listening to the coffee maker, the Al Pacino coffee maker, and you thought it was me, well, here's a little taste. Let's face it, this is the most fun we've had since Mom got hooked on coffee and bought that Al Pacino maker. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who thought that was me, that was not me. That wasn't it you. It was not me doing Al Pacino's famous ooh and I'm a little hurt, quite Why frankly, they that they didn't ask that? me. I don't think they even know me over there, really. <laughs> I don't think they necessarily <laughs> listen to Hollywood Babylon or the Ralph Report. They're not really that sure what uh. I do. But uh, when I saw that last night, I was like, are you shitting me? There's an Al Pacino coffee maker, and I didn't get a chance to do the voice of the Al Pacino wow, coffee that's maker. that's crazy. But a lot of people sent me uh, tweets and stuff saying, oh, I know who you were last night. You were the Al Pacino coffee well, maker. that would be the obvious one. It was not me. So wow. if you guessed that was me, you were wrong. But I did come back later in the show when Brian, spoilers, is about to be put down. He's about to be euthanized. <laughs> and they take him to the pound, and he runs into this guy. Look, there's been a horrible mistake. You've got the wrong dog. Says right here, I got to euthanize Brian Griffin, and you're him. Yeah, so I was a bad guy. Uh, oh. I was the bad guy last night. So if you ever wondered who was I on Family Guy, now you know who Ralph played. <laughs> who Ralph played? Who Ralph played? Yeah, 
now taking submissions. That stays for, forever for a new uh, title oh. and new uh, jingle no, for that perfect. segment. Thanks so much for joining us today. Come on back tomorrow. It's Tuesday. That means our good pal from the UK, Steve Ashen, is going to stop by with an update. We've got all your entertainment news, of course. Lots more good stuff, but it's just not the same without you being here. So come on back because I love you and I mean it. Bye.